take a deep breath and remember there's a power breathing you. This is your space of sanity in an evolving world where we learn about spiritual law and how to apply it to our lives in a way that is practical and life-changing. This is where we remember truth to make the world a better place one person at a time. I'm Claire Lotier, inspirational speaker, teacher of the technology of transformation, and a certified life mastery consultant and spiritual coach. Welcome to the Grace Space. I want to take a moment to acknowledge someone, and this is long overdue. If you've ever wondered about the beautiful theme music for this podcast that plays at the beginning and the end of every episode, it was written by my brother, Eric a talented composer. Although his work in the world is as an e-commerce genius, he's also an artist. He was a professional opera singer in younger days. He toured with Beauty and the Beast. He uh, he appeared in a recurring role on a soap opera. And more recently, he's written a full opera of Hamlet in French, no less, among other things. What's interesting, too, about the theme music for The Grace Space that my brother wrote is that he didn't write it for The Grace Space. We were just sitting around on the back porch of my mother's house in Florida, overlooking the bay, both of us there for a visit at the same time, which is rare. And I was in the planning stages of this podcast. I think I had a couple episodes written, but nothing had been produced yet. And as we were both sitting there, both on our computers, I shared with him what I was working on and that I was looking for just the right music for the intro and the outro. He looked pensive for a moment, and then he said, I might have something for you. It's just a theme I was working on that I didn't end up doing anything with, but it's fully orchestrated and there are two sections to it. Well, I listened to it right away and thought, this is the perfect music for what I imagine this podcast to be. It was handed to me on a platter as if it had been written expressly for that purpose. And of course, I was thrilled to have my brother's contribution as part of the process of birthing this podcast. A few minutes later, I asked him what he was working on, and he said, just looking at real estate in France. (laughs) Now, if you listen to the series on how I came to live in France, and I'll put the links in the show notes if you'd like to check that out, you heard that my brother and I moved to France the same week after putting our houses on the market the same day, which also happened to be the anniversary of our French father's death, and sold them on the same day. None of that was our doing. It was all synchronicity. But it's not surprising. My brother has always been surrounded by an aura of good fortune. Even as a child, he attracted good luck. For example, he would dive into the public pool and find 20 bucks at the bottom. Once as a teenager, he walked into a department store and randomly grabbed a raffle ticket for a prize. Moments later, his number was announced as the winner. And I remember him saying at the time, I just knew they were going to announce my number. (laughs) After years of living in New York and teaching himself code in the late 90s, early aughts, just as the whole world was getting online, he decided to go live in Paris for a while without a job or a reason other than that he wanted to. Well, shortly thereafter, he was accepted at INSEAD, the number one business school in the world in Fontainebleau, France. 
He consistently demonstrates a stunningly high level of brilliance, creativity, and achievement. Although he's had his share of challenges like anyone else, his confidence and conviction that everything works out for the best means that for him it does. But there's more to it than that. He's caring, integrous, trustworthy, and I think he makes any situation better by his presence because he has character. He's not out there to get, but to give, and he always gives his best. Plus, he's a cat daddy. There's another man in my life who possesses quite similar qualities, and that's my husband. He's the most radiant, warm, open-hearted person I know. He has an irresistible charm that comes from a truly authentic place. He's intuitive, spontaneous, fair-minded, generous to a fault, and incapable of worry. He really trusts that everything is all right, no matter what, even when it isn't all right. His lightning-fast wit keeps everyone from getting too serious, especially me, thank God. (laughs) And yes, also a cat daddy. Highly successful, recognized, respected in a very difficult and competitive field. In many ways, it's like he's, he's led a charmed life. I've even heard people who love him dearly scoff and roll their eyes at his good fortune with undisguised envy. Some people might look at a guy like my brother or a guy like my husband and say, they're just lucky. It isn't fair. They had more advantages, they were the right gender, the right skin color, their success was due to this thing or that thing. Well, in a paradigm of causality, where we believe that one thing is causing another, it's easy to convince yourself that life is unfair or that some people have all the luck while others don't. It depends on what level you're looking at. When we go beyond the linearity of the Newtonian paradigm and into the quantum realm of reality, We realize, and this is what the science is telling us, that everything in our experience unfolds from our vibrational interaction with the field of consciousness. Divine order and justice are supreme in the universe. Nothing is random. And everything is expressing its essence perfectly, regardless of our judgments and positionalities. That's why there's no point in indulging in self-pity or righteous indignation about seeming injustices in the world. It's an ego temper tantrum that goes against spiritual reality. There's an expression in my French family originally derived from the Arabic, avoir la baraka. It means to be blessed by God with good fortune or to emanate a quality of energy that attracts good things. Both my brother and my husband are loaded with baraka and always have been. So what is it about these two men that attracts the blessings? Could it be being a cat daddy? Definitely plays into it, I think. And I'm not kidding because that's just evidence of their lovingness. They are both persons of increase. What some people call luck is really all about who you are being. Luck, good karma, bahaka, whatever you call it, it's the consequence of a harmonious vibrational interaction with the field of consciousness. Kindness, generosity, playfulness, willingness to let things go, gratitude, humor, 
lovingness, trust, and joy, these are all qualities of a high vibrational frequency. And when you embody them, the universe opens the doors for you and you are provided for. In fact, everything we need is freely given to us. Whatever you need is yours for the asking. The problem is that we don't believe it. And that is down to our lack of understanding about how the universe works and a lot of programming about struggle and suffering. In this episode, we're going to learn a new alchemical key that sets us free from destructive distortions about the nature of reality, the source of abundance, and universal compensation. More on that anon. But first, if you remember last week's alchemical key, the more I give, the more I have, we talked about the importance of being a person of increase. Being a person of increase naturally brings baraka good fortune, divine blessing. Why? Because you're in harmony with the universal laws and things just flow. There's nothing in the way. There's no impediment. Let's briefly review last week's alchemical key because this week's is related to it. They're like two sides of a coin. Even though at first glance it may seem to go against common sense and definitely against what most of us were taught, the key to receiving more is giving more. Instead of shutting down and closing ranks when we feel like we don't have enough of something and trying to get it, we need to let go and give. Here's the thing. We don't give to get. We give just to give. Give with no expectation of return. What you give without keeping score always comes back to you, very often multiplied. It may not come in the way you expect it. It may not return through the same channel through which you've given, but it must come. That's the law. Giving can take lots of different forms. What it really comes down to is the spirit of generosity with which you live your life. That's what it is to be a person of increase. It means you always do your best to leave the world a little better than you found it. As you practice that, even if at first you do it out of obligation, grudgingly maybe, you will feel something change in you. I know I did. You feel a self-respect growing. You have a sense of your own dignity. When you respect yourself, you do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Because you wouldn't dishonor yourself by not doing the right thing. And you know that it's going to come back to you. Baraka becomes part of your life. Today's alchemical key is related. I remind myself of the deeper principle with the touchstone phrase, I am provided for. I am provided for. I am provided for means... That everything is freely given by the universe according to the principle of divine compensation. Everything we need is ours for the asking. And actually, we don't even need to ask. The universe knows what we need and automatically provides it. This is, like I said, the other side of the coin of the more I give, the more I have. That's about being a person of increase, extending yourself, giving. And I am provided for is about deep trust in the source of your being and your true wealth, which has nothing to do with money or possessions. This wealth 
is part of your true nature and is the source of all material wealth. And it can never be touched by any change of fortune or loss in the world. Remember the four spiritual pillars, humility, forgiveness, gratitude, and love. I am provided for is an expression of humility. How is that? Well, it requires us to go beyond causality and to lay down that which we have believed be the source of our survival and continuance for what actually is the source of our survival and continuance, the source of our being itself. If I live in the recognition that the little me is being breathed and is not the originator of its own existence, if I bow my head to that within which is the true source of my being and my spiritual wealth, I will always have what I need. If I don't have what I need, nothing is being withheld from me. I'm not being punished. The universe doesn't hold back. It is always responding to us. It knows all our needs and is programmed to fulfill them. It simply means that on our end, there's a kink in the think, as I say, some belief in there that is repelling our good or only allowing a little bit through. You know how when you're watering the lawn, you have to keep making sure the hose doesn't get tangled up or bent? You know that's what's happened if suddenly you don't have any water. The water is still flowing, it's still coming out of the pipe, but it gets blocked somewhere in the hose. And that's us. Very often we're not receiving and we're like, there's no water but the water is there. It's ours for the asking. It's the hose that's blocked. How do we unblock the hose? Back to those four pillars, humility, forgiveness, gratitude, love. They are, if you remember, how we can solve any problem from within. I am provided for is the humility to admit that we are not in control and that we are part of a much greater order and harmony that wants more life for all, not just some. It knows about the fall of every sparrow. It is aware of you and me and all expressions of life because we're part of it and we are it. It knows what we need because we belong to it. It provides for us. We don't. This is where we have been sold the biggest lie that disempowers us spiritually and financially. The belief that we are in charge, that the little me is doing something, is part of the pride and narcissistic inflation of the ego. It ignores that the source of everything in the physical plane is the non-physical that all our blessings originate from the realm beyond form. This lie has been sold to us by those energy fields that are losing their grip on the world a little more with every passing day. And it is that power is outside of us. And we have believed it and mistaken ourselves. We have forgotten our God-given nature as divine generators and instead given our power to our job, to our boss, to whoever we think hands out the money and made them our source and supply. Think about it. 
Most of us grew up trained to believe that if you don't provide for yourself, you don't get out there and provide for yourself, you won't be provided for. This is backwards. And it's at the root of so much stress and anxiety. Why? Because you feel completely cut off from your source. It's not natural. And when you think you're cut off from source, you can be bought and sold. You're exploitable because you're desperate to get what you think you don't have. We've been totally brainwashed with this one. Our wealth is within ourselves. And the source of that wealth is inexhaustible. It's born again every moment. It's forever springtime in us. But we mustn't forget where it comes from. We are created no different from a fruit tree that produces beautiful fruit in abundance every year. We got a bunch of fig trees on our property here in France that make so many figs, you could never eat them all. They're falling on the ground, decomposing, being eaten by animals. Every year they explode with figs in lavish surplus. By eating the figs, we don't touch the source of the tree's wealth because it's not in the figs or in the tree. You can't cut open the tree and see the source of its wealth. It's invisible. It's a field. The fig tree doesn't worry about making enough figs. It's not doing anything or putting forth any special effort. It simply obeys the laws of its nature. It's just being what it is. Similarly, When we are being obedient to the laws of our nature, the source of wealth within provides everything we need. The only difference is that our thinking gets in the way. The key phrase, I am provided for, cultivates a deep trust that everything is well. A deep trust that the universe does not need our push energy, our struggle, or our suffering to prove our worthiness to receive. We tend to get in the way, don't we? The ego's perceptual filter claims authorship of every experience. Like Oz, the great and terrible, it wants you to believe that it's powerful, that it's in charge, that without its action in your life, nothing would be happening. Not only that, but you also wouldn't even be alive. It wants you to believe that it's responsible for your survival as well as your very existence. Feel into what I'm saying here. You may not have consciously articulated this before, but somewhere inside you know it. The ego is a usurper. And it doesn't want you to look at the little man behind the curtain. There's one thing and one thing alone that ensures our survival from moment to moment. And that is the power that's breathing us. We are not breathing ourselves. The power is not only in this body, but beyond this body to eternity. There is only life. But the ego identifies with this material existence as all there is, and thus would like you to fear for your safety and security. Then it comes in and says, put your faith in me. I'll keep you safe. And I'm the only reason that you're still here. Right? This is subterfuge. Identification with the ego equals being cut off from source. We may not consciously understand that, but that's operating 
under the surface 24-7. Therefore, we feel ourselves to be an isolated fragment in a hostile universe. We believe it's all on us and we are the doer. This is the drama, (laughs) the drama of human life ego identification. It's the hero of every story and we're totally enamored of it. We have to get out there and get what's ours with grim determination. Otherwise, nothing will happen. We unconsciously believe ourselves to be without support. This is terrible. It's a terrible predicament. Can you feel that feeling inside yourself? Like, I'm alone. When nothing could be further from the truth. Your job doesn't provide for you. Other people don't provide for you. The government or the retirement fund or the trust fund doesn't provide for you. They are merely channels for the wealth of the universe to come to you. It's not what you do that provides for you. It's what you are. Imagine if everybody started to really realize that one. What a different world we'd be in. Well, we're on our way there. Does this mean that you drop your job, stop paying your taxes, sit around waiting for money to fall on your head? Of course not. The universe has provided everything we have, including whatever channels through which we currently receive. We can say yes or no to the channels that were offered, and the channels in our life and how much is flowing through them reflect the extent to which we allow ourselves to be provided for according to our belief. The way the universe provides is not about an even exchange of service for money, right? That's our, our linear way of thinking. It automatically gives you what you need through any available channel as long as you don't push it away through incorrect thinking or subconscious sabotage. Thus, if we believe the big lie, and most people do, that we have to provide for ourselves, and if we don't, then we won't be provided for, we are broadcasting the belief that we don't believe we are provided for. And the universe honors whatever we believe in, so our experience then is going to line up with our belief. We've got this huge fear when it comes to feeling safe and secure. Everything that we do is a defense against the fear that we are not safe and secure. We feel precarious. We think walls and locks and alarms keep us safe. We think enough money in the bank or in the mattress makes us secure. Not really. Many people, once they get what they thought would make them feel safe and secure, feel even more fearful trying to protect what they've gotten and achieved. So there's clearly nothing out there in the outside world that actually provides safety and security. It's an illusion. That's a feeling that can only come from within. But we attach it to what's outside because we believe those outside things are our source and offer us safety and security. This misperception is also at the root of all addiction. If you live in fear, depression, anxiety, and so on, and you come across a substance that makes you feel amazing, well, of course you want more of it. Who wouldn't? The misperception is that the substance causes 
the positive feelings. Actually, all it does is temporarily mask the lower vibrational state to reveal the joy and feelings of bliss and connectedness of our true nature that already belongs to us. But then the clouds return to cover the sun and a kind of spiritual deficit is created from having taken an artificial shortcut to the higher state rather than consciously letting go of one's negativity and fear through surrender. We didn't do the work and the debt has to be paid sooner or later. The mistake that we make is in believing that the substance causes the feeling. Again, causality. What we don't realize is that the feeling is already there and isn't caused by anything. It is. It's who we are. I am provided for is a reminder to deeply trust our own inner source of wealth. We are the source of all wealth and bliss and joy and peace. It's who we are. And the number one request that we can make of the universe in order to activate this flow from our spiritual source is, please use me. Whether you're happy in what you're doing right now or whether you feel like you want to be doing something else, if you want to activate that inner flow of true wealth, just ask the universe to use you and it will automatically put you exactly where you're supposed to be. See, when we ask that question, we're not coming from a projection or an egoic idea uh, that's based on a false self about what we should be doing or you know what our image is or anything like that. We're not trying to get anything. We're letting it all go and saying, you know what? I don't know. Put me where I'm supposed to be. And that is a very powerful request to make of, to make of the universe. I am provided for <laughs> is a phrase that I bring to my mind over and over and over and over again, because I've really needed a lot of help with this one, and I'm still working on it every day. It really is the summation of one of my favorite Bible verses, and I'm paraphrasing. It's when Jesus says, therefore, I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink or about your body, what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food? and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds in the sky. They don't sow seed or harvest grain or gather crops into barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you worth much more than they are? Who among you by worrying can add a single moment to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? I love it because he's on a kind of a rant here. Notice how the lilies in the field grow. They don't wear themselves out working. They don't spin cloth. But I say to you that even Solomon in all of his splendor wasn't dressed like one of these. If God dresses grass in the field so beautifully, even when it's alive today and tomorrow it's thrown into the fire, won't God do much more for you? So don't worry and say, what are we going to eat or what are we going to drink or what are we going to wear? Your heavenly father knows that you need these things. 
Instead, desire first and foremost to know what you truly are. In other words, don't confuse yourself with the little me. And all these things will be given to you as well. Desire first and foremost the kingdom of heaven. That's the domain of spaciousness. Your true nature, your source. When we ask the question, please use me, we're aligning with that space. The great sage David Hawkins spoke in one of his lectures about giving up a thing in order to let go of the attachment so as not to be run by it. He says, let go that this is going to bring you security, happiness. Let go, Letting go of money, he said, is exhilarating. You can walk around with nothing on you and everything happens fine. No problem. In fact, the idea that I have to have money in order to survive is an illusion, he says. How about that? You don't have to have money in order to survive. When you face that one, he says, you may give up everything in the world, get an old beat up truck and deliver manure. I take it that's what he did once upon a time. You still eat. When it's lunchtime, someone says, hey, you want a sandwich? And when it's breakfast, someone says, hey, you want a donut? (laughs) You go home at night and there's nothing to eat. And suddenly you find a bag of apples sitting there. Where'd they come from? I don't know. Everything just mysteriously appears of its own. You can walk out of the house without a thing. Everything will be provided. Everything will be provided. Take a deep breath and surrender. Every hair on your head will be counted. You are provided for. It's not through push energy and trying and struggling that we get anywhere. We're not running this show. Let it go. Whatever we hold in mind is what tends to manifest. Just lovingly picture what makes your heart sing. Hold it with love. Ask the universe to use you. And then let it all go with trust that whatever is perfect and appropriate for you is on its way. And you will be compensated by the law of divine compensation. By who you are being. You are provided for. I'll see you next time. Meanwhile, walk in grace. Thank you for joining me in the grace space, where you're always in the right place. If you love this podcast, I invite you to subscribe to it and submit a review if you feel called to do so. Also, be sure to sign up for my newsletter right here. I look forward to spending this time with you again next week. Meanwhile, I send you love and blessings. Bye for now.